double toil and trouble. Some topics discussed may make people uncomfortable. For fair is foul and foul is fair. On this podcast, we will definitely swear. A lot. Now round the cauldron go, trigger warnings listed in the notes below. Thrice and once the hedge pig whined, the cocktails cry, it's time, it's time. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Maiden, mother, crone. Plot twist, we're all the crone. The stories aren't all made up and the points don't matter. Welcome listeners to The Weird Sisters, a podcast about the blurst and bizarre and all the things you were happier not knowing about. Uh, Hi, team. Hello. Hello, Coven of, I don't know, things. 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 Stuff and things. Stuff and things. (laughs) That is a very accurate description of what we are. Mm -hmm. Um, Hello, listeners. We are the Weird Sisters with a special edition to us this week of La slash Lauren, who is one of our university mates. Indeed. Yes. Welcome Uh, back. Woohoo. You said it on a podcast, it has to be true forever. Exactly, that is right. Otherwise, someone's going to find you one day and be like, you're a fucking liar. Check your sources. <laughs> um, we are sans Lacey this week. Uh, she is still in hospital. Still recovering. Still Sweet recovering. Thing. She's had surgery on her spine. Very metal, very cool. Chewy bubblegum spine bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Indeed. Photos on Instagram, check it out. <laughs> I wear this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I am Laura. And I don't know what I am, so that's the best you're getting this week. Yay! <laughs> My name is Tay, and I am a mysterious man-eater from the swamp. <gasps> I like that. That's nice. I'm Lauren, and I'm a reanimated bog man. <laughs> that's such a very good <laughs> Very nice. Um, what have you guys been doing? Not much, really. Been still slaving over that D and D campaign. I'm trying to write you guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, it's still it's very much on its way. She coming. Yeah. Um, what about you? I just finished watching The Witcher. Oh, how good is it? Oh, that was, it was just it was good. Oh, it rolled very nice. Toss a coin to your, your Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> also been struggling to breathe outside. How's yeah, that? Yeah, fires are still raging. Still mm-hmm. raging, dude. Still a big thing. Um, yeah. It is very smoky today. Yeah, I almost lost my way here. Yeah, it's bad. It's quite scary. Yes. Um, I could slip a Silent Hill joke in there, but I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um. Mm. Well. This week, we have uh, three stories for you on man-eaters. Yes, we do. I'm so fucking hyped for this episode! (laughs) (laughs) I've been very keen. I've been Mm -hmm. keen from, like, day one to do this. This was a request of yours from, like, early days when we were brainstorming, like, we have to do one on man-eaters. I'm like, fucking done. Sold me. We're going to end up doing, like, multiple, because I... Trying to pick one to do, I was like, this one's cool, yeah. this one's cool, this one's cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe I should just do, like, a story of the guys that, like, would go and kill all of them. Because they were, like, the great white hunters mm-hmm. that took care of all the man-eaters. There's, like, two or three guys that kept popping up in all these stories. And I was like, no, I don't want to glorify them. But also, at the same time, like, they did help people because 400 people got fucking eaten. But I also felt bad for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like me messaging the group chat at, like, midnight last night. Like, I want to change my thing. And they're like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> I was like, my three pages of notes are going out the window. <laughs> but no, bye. They are intact. Yes, we convinced you. Yes. Um, who's first? I am. Ah. Here she comes. 
And I have a little appetizer for you before I introduce <gasps> the actual thing. Stunning. Delicious. It's an excerpt from Reddit because I'm very anal <laughs> about my sources. Yes. We love Reddit. <laughs> Legitimate source. <laughs> it was a post by Science Guy Jim on Ask Reddit. It was, when I was in high school, I was doing a rotation in an ER as a student in HOSA. Very large women came in with chest pains. While trying oh, to get God. the pads on her, the smell was intense. They, tried to, they decided to clean her up and went to put a pad under one of her breasts. When they lifted it, the smell knocked us back. <gasps> there was a discolored scab, and when the doctor washed it, it came off, and roaches started flowing out of a hole in her body under her breast. What the fuck? I knew it was this story because I've read this story so many times. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be like the swamp story, the swampson. No. Oh, Digabar. That's the one. That's the one. Holy shit, I don't think I've heard this one. Fucking hell. Apparently. Skittery critters. <laughs> An egg had been laid in a fold of skin, and when they hatch, they had just started eating their way into her. <gasps> okay, mean? so um, you've come in with a bang. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm talking about running. today is bugs that eat you. Yes. Sick. Yes. Okay. These uh, are the ones that you don't want snacking on you. Like, not the face mites, you know, the ones that help us and do stuff for us. These are the ones that should not be there. I find it funny when people get freaked out by the little face mites. I think they're cute. Like the eyelash ones? Yeah, I'm like, that's cool. I don't know that they're there. I can't feel or see them. That's sick. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a family. Basically gods. <laughs> I give life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it a little less now that I've done all this research about bugs on people. You're fair. So, cockroaches, flies, bed bugs, beetles, ticks, spiders, and assassin bugs, among many others, have been found in people's ears and noses. Oh, oh, no. I saw a gift the other day of a spider coming out of someone's ear when they flushed it with water, and it fucking. Oh, it was too big. It looked too big to fit in an ear. Yeah, that's what they all are, because they all come out, and you're just like, well, that shouldn't be in there, but they somehow just wiggle on in there. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah. I've got an itchy ear. I want to scream. Oh. <laughs> Every like every so often when I was doing this, I took my headphones off, just like trying to, trying to just make sure there's nothing in there. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm sure many of these bugs simply just wander on in and stuff. It's been researched, and roaches in particular are attracted to the mucus that people produce. Oh, so they want to be. Oh, they want to be in there. I'm a mucusy person too. Yeah. I produce Slimy. a lot of a lot of excrement constantly. Sweat, sebum, sebum, bacteria. <laughs> if you can make it, I do. All the oh, time. Oh, we use, yeah. We're all just shaking our hands. Like I can't sit still during this, this one. This is just the start, you guys. <laughs> this is gonna suck for you. Oh okay. Christ! <laughs> Fun fact: There was once a cockroach that was found in the colon of a woman who lived in a house with a roach infestation. The in- particular roach was believed to have crawled into her mouth and remained whole during the entire digestion process. It went through her stomach and survived. Well, they that say- does. Doesn't believe me. They're yet. gonna survive the nuclear bomb. So, well, they have, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. It didn't survive. It just stayed whole. Oh, it stayed really? whole. So it, it did. It did pass on. I have it heard did. of things I don't well, know. Well, she passed about. it. <laughs> and so the reason why these things are gonna be crawling into your mouth is because you have an infestation or something like that. So they usually come out at night yeah. as well. So it's easier to get into you while you sleep. <laughs> That's great. While there are things out here, out there that may not match that kind of horror, there are things that are worse. Oh god. That's right. Oh god. It's leeches up your ass. No! <laughs> but! No, not <laughs> or, seriously. Or any other nook slash cranny available to them, including I but not- I have nooks and crannies! There's so many <laughs> on me! Very nooky person. Yeah, exactly. So it's including but not limited 
the nose, the ear, the throat, the vagina, and the urethra. Not the, no, 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 it's like yes, the piss the fish. Yes, the urethra. Oh, no, not the piss fish. Yeah, the piss fish. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> They've also been known to squirm their way into people's bladders and stomachs. Actual fucking leeches. Up there. Yep. Squirm. What? These are wonderful, strong verbs you're using. Yeah. Thank you. That writing course did something for you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's even a specific kind of leech that prefers to be inside of you. What? <laughs> I mean, oh. Yeah, as opposed to the usual skin leeches, these ones like being in there. And depending on the orifice it gets inside, you may not even know until it drops out about a week or two later, all bloated up and smug. Now, I oh. hate leeches, which is why I'm using these descriptive things, because I got right. one on me when I was a kid. I do know that you hate leeches. I forgot that I knew this info. Oh boy, I could talk about them. I've never been outdoorsy. (laughs) (laughs) I've had ticks. I have not had leeches. Yeah, WA, lots of ticks. Lots of kangaroo ticks. They can give you paralysis and shit. Yeah, ticks Mm. are ticks are frightening. I'm glad I've never had any of those. Please no. I thought I just had like a funny mole. It was not. It was a tick. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) The worst one is when you find them in your hair. You're like, what the fuck is that? No. I want to die. Continue, Lauren. Sorry. <laughs> it's so good. It's so gross. I love it. I have a question for you guys. What's worse than a leech up the ass? Two leeches up the ass. Mm, Possible, but no. Big old fucking those long ass tapeworm things um, or ringworms. The ones that like are massive and they have to like put them around a pencil and like, l- yep, like slowly roll them curl out, it out of you. bit by bit. That would be worse than a leech up the ass. Fuck, yeah, that's true. But I was talking about a leech on your eye. Oh, what the fuck? That was a medical treatment. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. They put leeches on your eyeball. I'm imagining your eyeball just deflating. Also, yeah, it's on that a too. segment of Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> Stop stealing my material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's on the whites of your eyes. It's on the eyelid as well. Do you get, like, little bite marks on your eyeball? I'm sure yeah. it goes all red. I yeah. didn't see the end of that Steve-O video, but I'm assuming it didn't oh, look pretty. Steve-O. It's pretty gnarly. Before you got clean, you did a lot of fucked up shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you don't have to go very far on Google to find pictures or and stories of people who've had leeches fastened to their eye. I found a little string of message board kind of thing Ooh. of people who were just like, yep, that's me. Here's my story. Ooh. It was one about someone who uh, woke up to a leech trying to get into their mouth. Ah. I hate it. I'm never leaving the so house. Isn't safe. <laughs> staying in this apartment, there was a like white tail on your bath towel. Yes, the house is not safe. No. <laughs> I'm staying in this apartment that's like a million meters off the ground, <laughs> yeah. suspended in the sky. <laughs> why do you think I live here? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, that's a big part Super of why I live in this city. I'm very scared of bugs. Oh man! All right. Despite their small size, they can kill you. Leeches inject a blood thinner into the victim to make it easier to feed, and once a man in Turkey <laughs> had to be admitted to the emergency room, anemic and bleeding out from 130 <gasps> leech bites. I think he lived. Uh, As she shrugs, I think <laughs> yeah. he lived. Another way to uh, be killed by a leech is blood poisoning or disease carried through the bite, and one of the worst things you can do when a leech is on you is trying to remove them by pulling or burning them, because this can cause them to empty the contents of their stomach onto the bite, along with any diseases they may be carrying, Ooh. such as syphilis. Oh, hmm. Okay. Um. Imagine if you got syphilis and you're like, okay, honey, I have to tell you something. I have syphilis. It's from a leech, I swear. <laughs> it's not because I changed it. I wouldn't believe you. I'd just be like, mm, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. like, how do you get them off? Because as a kid in, like, primary school when I used to have friends 
that were stupid and went to the Murray and the rivers and stuff. And they're like, oh, you got a leech. I just burnt it off. I'm like, I thought that was how you got them off. And now you're telling me no. Yeah, do you just wait for them to fall off? You wait for them to get like back a tick? and they just go, Bleh. well, ticks don't fall off apparently. They don't. Think. I oh, can't no. remember. I can't remember. I've I know seen... you can't like pull the body off because their head just stays there, like yeah. an ant's. I Ew. can't remember. I think you're supposed to like put a flame near them and that'll make them go. <laughs> Spicy. Yeah, because that's actually. I'll answer your question a bit. But when I first got a leech on me, actually, it might have been the only time because I'm sure I repressed the others. But the first time <laughs> I got a leech on me was uh, I was out in the uh, the forest and stuff with some other kids and stuff, and I saw this thing doing the. You know how leeches move? They go from one end of them and they just arch over and then they yes. take the other end and just... Oh, really? Yeah. It was going across the tops of my toes because it, it's, it, I was wearing sandals and shit and then it fastened onto me and I was like, oh, what the fuck? I'm six. What do I do? Yeah. And I called to one of the older kids and I was like, guys, there's something on me. I don't know what it is. And she just turned around. She's like, ew, a worm. And then she just kept on moving. You would have died. She'd she not You would have died so quickly. You'd have been the kid at the start of the film, like in Jurassic Park and shit, that just literally was like, oh, cute dino. And then you fucking eaten. You're the cold open death. Oh, yes. I'm so glad. But the thing is, (laughs) the thing is, I bring it up because when they finally, you know, started paying attention to it, we'd finally gotten home and stuff. And the nearest guy with a lighter, he's just like, oh, she'll be right. (laughs) What a close. It fucked off. But, you know, I may have had syphilis this entire time. Oh, shit. We've shared drink bottles. We've shared jugs of beer. (laughs) We have. Many a jug. Yeah, but... Basically, how you get them off is you get a knife or the edge of your fingernail or like a, I don't know, a credit card, anything flat, and you just pry it, pry it up. Oh, okay. Oh. It's just the safest way. I couldn't do it when I have very long fingernails. I could probably do it, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I reckon I could. I have recently I had to start learning how to put in contacts, and with long fucking nails, like, that's a trip. It's a time trying to figure out how to get them in and out of your eyeball. And I can touch my eyeball very happily, so I reckon oh. I could probably a little dude off me. You could, you could. Oh, I hate the oh, idea of nails. having long nails going into your <laughs> eye. <laughs> well, take a break. it was so fucking annoying because, like, I Googled it because I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I couldn't get them out one night and I was freaking out. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, and I was like, other people have had this problem, surely. Because I've seen chicks with, like, nails longer than my fingers. And there's this chick that's like, oh, yeah, just do this. And, like, pop your little eye out. Instead of, like, trying to, like, scooch it with your finger yeah. down and then pinch it off your eyeball she's like just literally put your eye at your lash line on your finger on either of your lash lines and bump it and together in the middle and it came straight out i was like why Genius. the fuck didn't you teach me that optometrist <laughs> i was very mad about it i'm sorry i sound very indignant it's probably just a story that people are like this is not interesting <laughs> there's like, still salt in this wound i'm very <laughs> salty about it <laughs> yeah but uh, fuck eyes fingernails it's going to take me back a bit. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> so I've got a little story I found. Um, I've got two stories, actually, in a row. Uh, in 1882, a dentist advised a patient to put a leech on his gums to fix a toothache. What followed was the massive swelling of the man's head and chest and eventually Ooh. death from blood poisoning. Holy shit! That's a big yikes. And in 1799, when Napoleon's army was travelling across Egypt, they collected water from a stream to drink. Oh, fuck. Soon... And began to experience coughing, expelling of bloody mucus, vomiting, and, quote, painful stinging in the posterior. Soon they're having chest pains, throat swelling, hemorrhaging, sleep loss, difficulty swallowing and breathing, and some of them just straight up died. Fuck. 
Jesus, what a way to go. The chief surgeon inspected the men and found, quote, strange black growths far back in their noses and throats, and when he reached in to poke one, it moved, and he realized they were leeches. Because they were so small in the water, the men hadn't noticed what they were drinking, but by then, the leeches had bloated up inside of them. And How here's... tiny were they? <laughs> I wasn't there. Like larvae size? Yeah, I think it might have been Because then they'd be in like a dark, moist, warm area. They just oh grow, right? Because I did... Um... Well, now I'm terrified. Because I thought like moving water, you're okay to drink most of the time if you're like stuck in the wilderness. Bear rules, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did find another article about a boy. I think he was in, uh, I think it was in China or something. He just drank from a pond, and he got leech larvae, in, and then it just lashed onto his throat. To drink from a pond. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, there's, in a dire situation where there's no water. But like, this is the other thing: is I have recently heard. I have no idea if this is true that you shouldn't drink your own piss when you're stuck in the wilderness. Because, like, Bear Grylls used to be like, drink piss as quickly as possible. Because <laughs> the more you pee out, the less water there is in what's left over because you're dehydrated. So as soon as you're like, I think I'm lost in the world, just start drinking piss. <laughs> but I heard the other day that maybe you shouldn't. So I don't know. I'm very conflicted and I have a lot of questions about what the fuck I'm supposed to drink if I'm stuck in the wilderness. Yeah, we gotta know now. Just yeah. die. We're not holding yeah, anyone. Just Let's die. just... Mm -hmm. it. it's, it's all gonna be bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, from here I have a passage from uh, Robert G... W. Kirk and Neil Pemberton's book Leech, which is this is a um, follow-up from the Napoleon thing. Uh, the leeches that could be reached with forceps were forcibly removed, and the soldiers were then made to drink vinegar in hope that it would encourage those deeper in the body to detach themselves. Many lives were lost to painful and bloody deaths. Oh, fuck! You had such a lovely grin on your face as you said that. It was really yeah. funny. <laughs> I'm really very excited about it. I like reading my excerpts. I found a lot. It's going to hear oh, so yeah. many. Yes, please. I have a little bit of extra material, like um, a leech called the T-Rex leech, aka the Tyrant King, which was discovered in 2010, which has un unusually large teeth, but a tiny dick. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I love that those are the two things about it, that they were like, it's got big teeth, little dick. Yeah, this is a National Geographic article I was reading, and they were just like, this guy's got a tiny dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Thanks, National Geographic. You're quickly losing a lot of fucking... Yeah. <laughs> Oh god. I also found in my research uh, a video that surfaced online of a man who kept a giant leech as a pet and let it feed on him to survive. She yeah. goes after it. Oh my god, it's so Isn't good. Isn't that what children are? <laughs> yeah, he just had a kid, right? I'm sorry, that was mean. <laughs> no. Well, the good thing is that probably no children are listening to this, unless they were like you when you were children. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we have our warnings. Yep. That's all we can do, right? Hmm? There's a disclaimer. <laughs> And yeah, obviously leeches were used for medicinal purposes. Apparently it was called leeching, and then another word kind of like leeching that I couldn't find the pronunciation of, so I'm not going to try. Oh. And doctors were called leeches. <laughs> doctors were called leeches. Get your leeches. Get your leeches ready. <laughs> Ghosts in your blood, do cocaine about it. Yeah, Put some leeches on your eye, you'll be Hysteria. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... The other night, I was watching The Mummy, which is the best movie ever made. It is a good movie. Or was it 1999? Was it that late? I, I thought, thought it was. Earlier, I thought it? it was much earlier. But then again, mm. thinking about how old I was when I watched it, I was born in 91. So it makes sense. I would have been around about eight. 
Yeah. I, I just loved it because the main character has my last name. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I love Brendan Fraser. Oh, oh, yeah. He's so handsome in that movie. And in George so the good. Jungle. Oh, my God. I have a crush on him. Stupid monkey man. Also, that movie scared the shit out of me. Not the mummy did because of the <laughs> scarab beetles. There we have it. Yeah. The iconic scene where Imhotep's covered in gauze. It's gauze, right? Gauze? Gauze? Gauze. Yeah. Gauze? Yeah. Gauze. And he's Bandage. Slow... <laughs> Bandages. Bandage. Wrappings. Mm. If it was oh. like a real mummy, it'd be wrappings. It was wrappings, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he's like in the sarcophagus and they pour the scarabs over him. <gasps> and then in the scenes where they're under the skin, working their way up. Yeah. Best so movie good. in the world. The one that goes up is fucking to his head. Oh. So good. So gross. I love it. I love it. So that reminded me of the bug pit in Zendon Prison in modern day Uzbekistan. Wait, what? Wait, rewind. The bug pit. The... Yes. What Tell is me that? Everything. It was a brutal torture method. The pit is exactly what it sounds like, crawling with insects and vermin. It's best known for being the home of two British dudes for a few years in the 1800s after they pleased Khan Nasrullah. And basically, there's a lot of scrambled accounts of what it actually was. But these two British guys really, like, their stories went home and then everyone's just like, hey, it's the bug pit. These guys were there. Wait, in the pit or around the pit? In the pit. These in guys the pit. were in the pit. Oh. And you said years? Years. I don't know how they'd live. Yeah. I'm assuming they were taken out every so often because one of the most solid things that I found about this bug pit was that when people were taken out of it, they would just be crawling with lice. <laughs> oh, God. I hate lice. <laughs> they are the worst. Creepy. At least, like, you can shave the shit out of yourself and, like, then you don't have to stress so much about lice. Yeah. But Just like that episode of The Office. Still gross. <laughs> I haven't watched The Office. I am trash. Yeah, no, you're just an outlier, really. <laughs> Sorry. I like Parks and Rec. That's <laughs> fine. Same thing. Okay. Sorry. So that's the bug <laughs> pit. About the bug pit. So that's it's really not much on there. Really? Actually, there's no Wikipedia page. I had to delve right in. But there seems to be a lot of independent things about what the bug pit was, what they did to be thrown into the bug pit. I had some places say, "Oh, it's because they didn't bring presents," or because <laughs> one of them <laughs> was supposed to. <laughs> Actually, no. It's something my sister would do. She'd be like, "You come to my home without presents." <laughs> bug pit. Cast you into the pit. Exactly. Yeah. And some people said, oh, it's because one of them was supposed to bring a letter and he didn't. And then the guy, the uh, Khan Nazarilla, was just like, well, what the fuck? Where's my letter? She's The queen's supposed to have answered me by now. In the pit you go. Fuck. And I think... Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, my mind conjures images of, like, the worst things for me, which is, like, tarantulas and shit and, like, spiders and big old millipedes and shit. Assassin beetles, uh, which are the ones that um, you, they bite you and then they liquefy like the uh, the flesh for eating. Oh I yeah, think. Mm. <laughs> like a juice box. Necrosis. I'm into it. Mm. <laughs> we'll hear about that later. <laughs> Yay! But now it's time to talk about scaphism, which is I think that's how you pronounce it. But basically, it was otherwise known as the boats. Why? Because the victim of this special and very alleged torture method would be wrapped, trapped between two boats, one on top of the other, like a coffin. And they would have these holes with their head and their arms and their legs poking out. So it's like they're wearing a boat costume. Okay. And it's like the, the boats are nailed shut. And I'm pretty sure they're set afloat in the water, because why else would you make it boats? Uh, then they were force-fed milk and honey and slathered in it as well. 
Oh, here we go. Yeah, they were left in the sun where the milk and honey would attract bugs and it would all fester and they would feast on their flesh. I love it. And there's another detail here, which I think would be best described by uh, Johannes Zonaris, I think, in uh, his work Annals? 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 Like the Annals of Time? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So basically, quote, his belly... Distended as it is with milk and honey, throws off liquid excrement with and putrefying breed swarms of worm. Fuck. Hold on, let me start that sentence again. Distended. <laughs> I love it. So they force feed it to them as well. So they're like yeah. a nice soupy Gooey. mess inside. Yeah, you can eat your way into the creamy center. Creamy filled donut. Yeah, very creamy. <gasps> Indeed. Clear. I'll just move on to the next sentence. But thus the victim lying in the boats, his flesh rotting away in his own filth and devoured by worms, dies in a lingering and horrible death. I think the uh, amount of time they would spend there was about 17-ish days. Oh, my God. It's slow. It's like those um, where they put a bucket of hungry rats on a guy's stomach. Yeah. But, like, on steroids. (laughs) Fuck. I love it. I Mm -hmm. love it. I've heard of that torture method before. And for some reason, every time, my mind's just like, I don't want to lay in my own shit for 17 days. That's the thing that I can't get past. Not getting eaten alive by bugs, which is obviously the worst part. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to lay in my own shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all in the sun, too. So you're baking inside the boat. Sunscreen. Oh, boy. (laughs) I think that's the least of your fucking problems. Every time something comes up about someone just being, like, trapped in sunlight, my skin just shrivels. It's bad being, like... A very fucking pale loser in Australia where the sun is constant and unyielding. (laughs) (laughs) Unyielding. Yeah, I found a lot of um, fictional stuff because it mostly comes from fiction. I don't think there's much evidence that it actually... Because it's supposed to be a Persian torture method Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if there's anything that came straight from there, but in the stories referencing Persia in fiction have said, oh, this was what happened there and so this is what's happening to this guy now. And I found this great story of... um, this great excerpt from a story, actually, of this guy. He's describing what he's going to do to his gut, this other guy who lost a bet or something. And he's just, like, going through all the gory details of what happens when you're in the scaphism tomb kind of thing. And he's just like, some people last for 17 days, but I hope you last for 20. No. <laughs> That's a big fuck you, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Like, he just lost a bet. Calm down, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Jesus. There's your bug torture. And now it's time something that I really make your screen, skin crawl. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Myosis is when the body becomes infested with the larvae of a fly. Oh. The fly usually <laughs> looks for dead or necrotic flesh. Or ne- necrotic meaning almost dead. I'm sure you guys know that. I love that word. <laughs> I know. Isn't it sick? Yeah. Mm. But we'll also go for living if they see an opening. Get it? An, an opening? An opening. Because the three categories that scare the bejesus out of me are nasal, oral, and ophthalmomyosis. Fuck. It's no, it's, that? That's the nose, eyes, and ears. Oh. Which is out of order. No, I meant to say the ears last. Knees and toes. Knees and toes. <laughs> <laughs> so with oral, oral, which is the ears, the larvae can even get into your brain if they are back far enough. <laughs> and apparently getting it in your eye is not uncommon. So like... A lot of things happen in my head right now, as I imagine all of this. We're processing. <laughs> One of them that sort of, like, fucks me up, and this is something that, like, I learned a while ago, which I think y'all will appreciate. I don't think I've said before on our sweet podcast. Um, you can survive having bits of your brain fucked up. Yes. So, like, yeah. don't die, but you know 
in a lot of cases what's going on. So back in um, New Orleans with Madame LaLaurie, that yes. fucking crazy lady who had like a house full of slaves that she tortured, when they like busted down the door to the slave quarters, they found a lot of people that had, had like been like basically tied up and had holes cut into their skulls and a stick inserted and then she would just stir the shit out of their brains but they're alive jesus they it's like you don't feel it but you know what's going it's so awful it just fucks me up and that's always where i go when i hear about something borrowing into your head yeah you can't your brain has like no feeling yeah Yeah. feel it which is buck wild like have you ever seen pictures of people having like open brain surgery yeah because you have to be awake. awake and you have to be doing something that uses your motor skills so they know if they cut something wrong you're not fucked up like there's yeah. beautiful images of people like playing the violin as oh. like the back of their head is open it's so wild and that just reminded me of it <sighs> it's really cool i love it i'm sorry tell us everything <laughs> yeah, have you guys covered the lobotomobile before no not yet oh that'd be good it's a good time oh, this is my episode <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have, a, I'll have a really good case for you guys later featuring nasal <laughs> so so it can pretty much happen at more southern orifices as well southern you get my drift southern. <laughs> oh <Damn>. Christ <laughs> very good thank you thank you also in the stomach and intestines just like the leeches mm. wiggly bits <laughs> you wiggly bits yeah you squirmy bits <laughs> So, uh, runemiasis as well, pretty self-explanatory. It's also, uh, yeah, it's also possible to get it in your flesh without a pre-existing rune, as I mentioned before, and that's the fault of the human buttfly, which will attach its egg to a mosquito, and when the mosquito feeds, it'll drop the egg. Mm, Buttflies are fucking horrendous when you see pictures and videos. I can't do it. They're so upsetting. I can't do it. Oh, I find them really fucking gross. Yeah, I, f- I found a really sickening video of someone getting the larvae removed from their lip for this. Ooh, I can imagine it because I've seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> Not that exact video, but similar, and it's horrible. Yeah, so basically, they uh, burrow under your skin. If, you know, they hatch and then they burrow under your skin, I'm pretty sure. And they feed on the human flesh and grow for eight weeks and then drop out to pupate for a little while longer before they go and fuck up eight weeks for someone else. And to <laughs> remove it, you need to asphyxiate it with petroleum jelly, make it poke its breathing hole out of your skin and grab it with tweezers, but you have to be careful because the breathing tube is really delicate. Yeah, you don't want to break it. Yeah, and you can't oh. squeeze it either. You probably should, but I'm sure you have to squeeze it to pull it out as well. Um, but it's been known to make people go into anaphylactic shock if they just, like, eject their juices into you. That's wild. Mm. I'm gaping at this. Because <laughs> I've, I've seen the videos of those little fuckers poking their head out saying, hi, I'm in here. And I'm just like, that's enough for me. And now I know all these other details. I'm like, thank oh, you. I really <laughs> don't like butterfly. You love me. It's the first episode that I, we've done that I've been like uncomfortably fidgeting in my seat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the thing. It's like, I don't mind descriptions of a lot of types of gore and things like that. But when it comes to like, parasites and bodily excrement that's what fucks me up it grosses me out i really don't like it i did it you yes. did you did you came in hot congrats oh <laughs> uh, okay good thing is we're moving on from the butterfly now thank you because i want to bring up kazumazu which is a cheese made to contain live maggots. No, no i know that cheese Why yes would you, you do. Want live maggots in your cheese well it's a Incorrect. traditional dish and so it originates from Sardinia and is made with sheep's milk. They put 
the cheese fly larvae into the mixture because the digestive system of the maggots breaks down the cheese fat in a way that creates a special kind of fermentation. And so it's basically you're eating the maggot shit, but it tastes really good apparently. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> and it creates oh, a soft taste. It? No, but I'm just like incorrect. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe I'd try it. It's like that Luat coffee from Indonesia. Oh, yes, I've had that. So gross. I mean, would you try it if you know what's in this segment about bugs eating people? Well, is there a ch- Maggots don't eat you. They eat dead tissue. That's why they used to use them a lot of time. Um, even, re- like, now they use them where necrosis and things like that's happened so they can get at the healthy flesh and start healing the healthy flesh because they'll only eat dead flesh. Exactly. They won't eat your healthy flesh. So I reckon I'd eat something that's had maggots in it because there's no concern that the maggots are going to fuck me up on the inside because it's all healthy and alive. Also, just a side note, I like that they... You're about to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> they, these maggots also have, like, a very specific name. Is the cheese... What was it? The cheese fly maggot? The cheese fly larvae, yeah. It's just that's that's what they do. Yeah. And that's their one job. <laughs> fucking hell. And they're real good at it. So after they've digested it and gone through all the cheese, because they age the cheese, and then they put it outside for the flies to come and lay things in. Yep. I think. Ooh. I'm sure they do it different ways in different places. But uh, basically, that's how they make it. I forgot where I was going with that. Anyway, it creates a soft texture, making the cheese spreadable as well as really wiggly. <laughs> so, wiggly. And it's not mm. safe to eat the cheese if the maggots have died because it indicates the cheese has gone bad. Oh. But, so you have to eat it when the cheese is filled with live maggots. Well, actually, if you eat it fresh and you put them into a paper bag, you, you slide your cracker with the cheese on it into a paper bag, you suffocate them, and then because they jump, these maggots jump. No. They, they do that? Yeah. I was no, gonna, thanks. I'm going to mention that in a little bit, actually. But these maggots can jump up, and they can go for your eye. They can go for anywhere. Because if they're disturbed, they're just like, I'm fucking out of here. So they jump up against in the paper bag, and it makes a little bit of sound. And then they stop jumping. You're just like, well, cheese is ready. I need to see some fucking video of this shit. This is wild. What yeah. the fuck? Is this cheese <laughs> illegal? I've heard somewhere. Yes. Oh, yep. so you, you betcha. Is it illegal everywhere? Oh, uh, well, I'll let you. I'll tell you. I'll yeah. tell you. Um, ooh. I'll go into what I was going to say next before I forget it. Okay. <laughs> we love derailing. Sorry. <laughs> but it leads into it because it's technically not safe to eat the cheese when the maggots are alive either. Because if you don't chew and kill them, they can survive in the, di- the digestive system and cause our good old friend Myasis. Oh, oh. They can fuck you up. They can. Don't eat the fucking cheese. There hasn't oh. been a case since the 50s because I'm pretty sure that's when they outlawed the selling of it. Oh. Um, so it's been outlawed. People from Sardinia are trying to get it unoutlawed. They're, you're, you're allowed to make it on your farms, and you're not allowed to sell it. No one's allowed to sell it because um, of those cases from before the 50s. Private cheese only. Yeah, private <laughs> cheese only. Special cheese. But it's available on the black market at some ridiculous prices, if anyone's interested. I don't know if I am. Maybe. No. I like to eat cheese quite a lot. Yes. They'd have to be like, this cheese is the crack. But then again, also, I'd be like, hmm. Do I want to try the crack? What if I become addicted to it? And maggot then cheese. I end up with maggots in my fucking eyes. Well, they wouldn't mm. be in your eyes. They'd be in your digestive system. Well, you can make their way none there. None of it sounds great. That's true. There is that one that goes under your skin, and you can see it crawling across your eye. Oh. But I didn't get much information on that one. Oh, I'm focusing. Fuck. I'm narrowing it down. Thanks. You're so welcome. <laughs> so I'm going to conclude with an account from Jamaica in 1777 where a patient, quote, complained for three days of slight obtuse pain in his right upper jawbone, root of the nose, eye, and forehead of the same side. 
after sifting through a few conclusions, pulling a tooth and trying a few more procedures, they noticed two maggots fall out of the man's nose. <laughs> and quote, on placing the patient in the light, a vast number were perceived in motion in the upper part of the nostril. I introduced a forceps and took out three or four at a time, and in the course of that day, upwards of 30. <gasps> so, 30. what happened to this guy was he had gonorrhea, and because of the <laughs> ulcer back oh, there, <laughs> a fly was able to lay eggs in it, and <laughs> it just fested right up. Fucking hell. And what they did next was what any sane doctor would do in the 1700s, uh, administer mercury both through the mouth and as a powder blown up the nose. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Why not? Which... Why not their alcohol too? Just to be sure. And this didn't kill the maggots. Of course it fucking didn't. <laughs> what did it was a tobacco concoction and uh, it would successfully kill all the estimated 200 maggots that, and would allow the man to go into recovery. This guy lived, I don't, can't imagine how long, because of all that mercury, but <laughs> what if it gets the maggots out of your nose? They were a different breed back then, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1700s, this guy fucking lived. <laughs> <sighs> How tough would you have to be to sort of survive the 1700s? <laughs> How are we alive as a as a people? Yeah, exactly. who knows? Hell. And the thing is about about the nasal thing; it goes right up between yeah. your eyes, so they're in there. I don't know how they didn't get into the eye, but I don't like it. I don't well, like it, champ. I have about 20 resources, but one of my main ones, you know, at the Obscura, National Geographic, Wikipedia, the best. Wikipedia. Lonely Always planet. Need to check the sources, but 90% of the time they're fine. Wikibay. Yeah. So yeah, that's my main ones. We should get on to you guys. Thank you. Holy that was shit. A fucked up story. I really didn't like any of it. Don't tell it again. <laughs> <laughs> Not a guarantee. You have to edit that episode. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. I have to listen. To... <laughs> I'm gonna make JD edit it. I'm still going to send you all the all the pictures and oh, stuff yeah. that I got. We need the we pictures. Need go I'm actually Instagram, have so to send them to me. I'll take that bullet. Yeah. You get to see it. Yes. <laughs> Tay, do you have a story for us to oh. make me less fucking repulsed? I do. It's not... This week isn't gross for me. Oh. Surprising. It's... I want to say endearing because this man-eater I quite am fond of. Oh. Um, but also, plot twist... There's the specific manies I'll be talking about haven't eaten anyone yet. Oh, interesting. What twist? Huh. Um, <laughs> so, I was, let me start my tale. Um, drug lord Pablo Escobar was killed in a firefight with Colombian authorities in 1993. Um, once the most wealthy criminal in history, Escobar left behind a fortune and an estate brimming with strange and exotic treasures. Ooh. This dude had a zoo. <laughs> this dude had his own personal zoo. Like a literal one? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so it contained uh, rhinos, giraffes, elephants, large cats, beautiful birds, and a harem of four exceptionally large hippos. Oh, oh that's really nice. Yeah. Um, to be fair, if I was rich as fuck mm -hmm. and not governed by many laws, which he was not, mm -hmm. um, I too would fucking have a zoo. I would yeah. finally have a zoo. I'd be like... I don't know what else to spend my money on. I want a fucking lion. Isn't this also the same person that, like, burned hundreds of dollars to keep his daughter warm when she complained of being cold? Yeah, so, <laughs> Burned yeah. literal money. Like, actual fucking cash. Dude, he, he was, was like, loaded. Meh. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was so much money. Fucking, like, the one of the most, the, the cartel, when you think of, like, drug cartels. Yeah. Escobar. There was a fact I learned a long time ago that I can't remember that just, like, blew my mind mm. that sort of illustrated how much money he had, and I'm very disappointed. I can't tell you what it is. I'm sorry I interrupted you to tell you that I don't know something. That is fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So after his death, uh, the Colombian government uh, sold Escobar's menagerie to various zoos. Um, well, except the hippos. Hippos are pretty aggro. They didn't really know what to do with them, so they just left them in the pond in Did the they backyard. Try what? to get them out. Nah, I just left them there. What? Uh, And these hippos are still in Colombia, 12,000 kilometres from their natural habitat in Africa. Oh my god. These are the only wild hippos that live outside of Africa. Oh, Oh, so sad. Yes. Um, And they have multiplied from four to over 50. Oh, so they were like... These horny fuckers, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, there's normally, I believe hippos will have like, it's kind of like lions, I think they have like one big old bull and then they have like a bunch of ladies mm-hmm. um yeah uh, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um their presence in rural colombia is a threat to locals uh frequently they escape from their conservation park which is just like a fence they've put around pablo escobar's estate to oh keep them in and it's now like a place you can visit it's like a theme park almost like it's an attraction it's like pablo escobar's estate and there's all the fucking hippos Fuck yeah, yeah go I like you want to go really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they just kind of, they just wander for like kilometers away. Like some of them have escaped into streams and like broken off into their own little harems and stuff. Oh How my many God. How are we talking now? Well, there's like, when the article I read, I think was from 2018 and that was like 50. And then oh. I read another one and it was like close to 60 because they breed at like five to eight pups a year oh whoa yeah that's like what the big the big like clump of them in like the conservation park that's kind of like their breeding rate holy shit which is like one hippo will have that many babies a year i think i think it was for the pod oh i think that's a little bit better yeah but still i was like they're like it's a lot yeah (laughs) um yeah, so many of the threats these guys have in Africa isn't really present in Colombia. The Can ecosystem, yeah. <laughs> so the ecosystem is perfect for them to like mate and multiply, and the government has no idea what to fucking do. Oh my god! Yeah, like, I don't want them to kill the hippos because that's sad. But that seems like probably the only fucking option. After yeah, all. they're dangerous as fuck. So they only have the resources to castrate one hippo per year. It costs too much money, and then oh the god. breeding rate is like about five to eight are born yearly so like Ooh. they'll knock one off and then like five it's like a hydra five more tickets <laughs> five more dicks yeah um oh fuck it's so funny but like again with the ecosystem like there's an argument on like a nat geo article i read that argued that like it's not bad for the environment because it's like the introduction of like old school megafauna oh. and it's like and it's kind of funny because like the hippos will be in the water and they will like they shit in the water so like they're like creating a different balance in the water systems and like the way they because they're so big and heavy when they move it makes the water currents change and like certain fish are thriving and others are dying and it's like the natural order of things is a lot of whack but at the same time it's kind of not that's really interesting yeah oh, shit. it's really cool i, just, I got really that's deep in this yeah, yeah. it's really interesting i've never thought about that one before um but essentially they are an invasive species um just weird, weird to think about because you think of invasive species as like rabbits or birds. I think really small that just like again like multiplies. Yeah. These things are just like brick shit houses. <laughs> They're huge, dude. Um, extermination isn't really an option. Um, there was one bull that was shot named Pepe. Like he had a name. And then the public outcry was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Don't <laughs> shoot the hippo." Because there's a picture of him like with all the people that like they got him. Yeah. And it's. It's grim because, like, hunting trophy photos, I find are very grim. Yes. Mm. But it is also, like, I, 
at the same time it's like there's people that live near this estate that like they just get into the villages and they just barrel through and like people don't know like what you can't once you're between a hippo and a hard place like you're fucked yeah <laughs> a lot of people in yes. africa as well they're very dangerous oh, yeah. animals we will get to that <laughs> um but yeah they so they can't really they can't exterminate them and they just keep breeding in pablo's backyard basically <laughs> um so they're naturally like super aggressive considered uh the deadliest mammal on earth wow really uh, or yeah. one of but mostly the yeah. I would say that. They're fucking terrifying. Seeing what they can do to a watermelon, I can imagine a person's head there. I did watch that video in my research. Yeah. <laughs> um, more humans are killed by hippos than any other animal in Africa. Around <gasps> 500 deaths reported annually. Except oh my mosquitoes. God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little throwback to our last segment. Yeah, you have it. Watch out um, for them butt flies. Oh. <laughs> Um, and though Pablo went through life unscathed by his pets, uh, some weren't so lucky. Oh. Oh. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, because he was probably standing at the top of a fucking embankment looking yes. down at him while he's going, like, go feed him. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw something into the lake. Um, but Marius, uh, I want to say Els, a South African farmer, was killed by his pet hippo Humphrey in 2011. His oh. pet hippo was his hippo. Yeah, this guy in South Africa is a different dude. It's his pet hippo. Humphrey. Um, Marius uh, had raised Humphrey since he was five months old and claimed to have a bond with the most dangerous animal in Africa. His quote. Oh, um, So he knew what was up. He yeah. knew Humphrey was a ticking time bomb, basically. Mm. Um, I trust him with my heart that he will not harm anybody. And then he killed um, him. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like actual like videos that uh, Marius would upload to YouTube of him like swimming with Humphrey and like riding on his back like a horse. Um, and a few days after uploading one of the videos um, of him and Humphrey swimming together, Marius was found dead on his property. He had been bitten <gasps> several times. Now these jaws are moors. They're huge. These are, you, again, watermelon. Watermelon. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> You ain't getting out of this one in one piece. Um, and then he was held underwater until he drowned. Oh shit, so it wasn't like an accident in it's any malicious. way. It was malicious. Yeah. It was definitely on purpose. Very blackfish. Oh. <laughs> um, Can you imagine your pet doing that? Like, right? I reckon Barnaby would if you fucking could. I reckon my dog would accidentally do something like really stupid and then I would die and he'd be like... <laughs> Barnaby would purposefully kill me. He'd be like fucking bitch didn't bring me enough pellets <laughs> smother you yeah. sit across your nose lay on my face um yeah and then in 2018 uh two chinese tourists uh changming chuan and wu peng tay i've practiced those names many times well mm -hmm. uh, were bitten around the torso by hippos while holidaying in kenya at a wildlife resort oh my god yeah wild. um so Chang succumbed to his injuries, and the hippo that bit Wu Peng had killed a fisherman earlier that day. Whoa. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They were taking photos, and they got too close to the riverbank, and it just charged him. Oh, God. Both I've of them. a hippo chasing, like, a speedboat, and yep. it's fucking scary. It's oh, see, they're like, you're in a speedboat, you'll be fine. Yep. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> they're like dolphins. They're yeah. very fast. Nature is coming for you. Um, so to defend yourself against a hippo attack, should you find yourself... In such a situation. Just run, die. No, you'll die, just give up. Basically, um, to quote The Guardian, you need to climb a tree or get over something that they can't get over, a hedge or a wall or something, because they will outrun you. Yeah. Oh. That's it. Yeah. Just run. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, because um, humans are apparently the best long distance runner ever. Mm. But, uh, well, maybe not ever, I don't know about dinosaurs and shit. But um, 
we're not very fast. And the hippos <laughs> are extremely fast. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, that's scary. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine being chased by hippos? <laughs> yeah, so basically Pablo's like hippos haven't killed anyone yet, but these animals are unpredictable and they've spent years in uh, what wild, doing what wild animals do best, which is just breed and get fucking bigger. And with their numbers expanding, like it's only a matter of time before I think like someone's killed or eaten. Because uh -huh. these dudes aren't herbivores. Yeah. Well... They are... Omnivores. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, really? they have been known to eat the meat. <laughs> yeah, just really fucking terrifying. And like doing all my research, there was just so many pictures of like people have taken down the mouth of a hippo, and it's just like massive fucking mouth and the teeth. The teeth are so strong. They're like big old blunt. They're very things. yeah. yeah. Surprisingly, because of the pressure that they exude from their jaw, like they can puncture very easily. For something that doesn't look sharp, it's like it's gonna skewer you. Yeah. Yikes. So, yeah, short and sweet, but <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, sources are, so there's a Vox doco on YouTube about just the whole situation around the Pablo's hippos. Mm -hmm. um, I did get a lot of my info from that because it is very interesting. Vox is like an excellent channel, by the way. Uh, shout out to Tim for showing me all about it. It's kind of like Vice, but not shitty. <laughs> Even though I love Vice, Vice is a little shitty. Yeah, they're pretty shitty yeah. occasionally, especially now. They used to be really good. Yes. Um, Vox mm. does like, a, like they have all different like series and one of them is called Borders where they do like, they explain like the, what conflicts are. Like, so like they did oh. the Hong Kong conflicts and they were also doing um, like all these like Middle Eastern conflicts. And it's really interesting and it does explain it in like a really like quite easy to understand way, which is really nice because I am dumb. A v O X Vox. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And right. then I also got Nat Geo, The Guardian and um, a couple of uh, South African newspapers as well. Mm. Yeah. Good sources. Fuck yeah, dude. Short and sweet. Nice one. Well done. Good to hear Dutch about those. Really interesting. Yeah, no, it's riveting. It's very cool. Yeah, because I've never heard of them before. Oh, really? Never. Yeah, I didn't know either yeah. until I um, saw the video and I was like, fuck yeah. I only know about them because I watch, like, whenever I visit my parents, for some reason, they still have Foxtel. So <laughs> does my mum. <laughs> I think they're going to get rid of it, but um, I think sports, you know, the reason that stayed around. Yeah. But um, yeah, and they do, like, on Discovery and all that sort of thing, like, very like dramatized documentaries on all sorts of shit and I saw one of them on that. It was pretty good. Wow. Surprisingly decent. Mm. Excellent. So we've had bugs and other horrifying things. We've had hippos that are extremely scary and dangerous. Um, I really wanted to do a bunch of different things. Like you talked about doing Travis the Chimp yeah. and we decided to save that for another episode. Mm -hmm. So wait up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to do this bear um, in Japan that ate a bunch of people because that was really interesting. But I decided to scrap it all and I did something very obvious that probably everyone already knows about, but it's so interesting, so I don't care. You have to listen to me anyway. Yes, please. <laughs> I did La Bête du Jovan, which is the Beast of Gévaudan. I have never heard of this before, so I will oh, be... Seriously? Yeah, I'm going to be glued to this. Please tell me. because you... so good. Yes. Because I like I'm the person that trolls Wikipedia for like animal attacks and incidents mm -hmm. where people have been eaten by animals. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. This like legend inspired a lot of stories that we know now, um, and we'll get into those. But basically, in 1764 to 1767, so about a three-year period, Gévaudan in France, uh, the summer of 1764, a young woman, Marie Jean Vallette, and I'm going to butcher all these fucking words because they're French, so just <laughs> heads up tends to a herd of cattle on the outskirts of Lagonier. 
a tiny community in southern France. Beside her looms the Mercure Forest. Looms. Good news. As she crosses the river that snakes from the forest's dark edge, something monstrous unfurls itself from between the trees. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Um, It towers (laughs) over Marie. The upper lip of its flat head curls back to reveal massive canine teeth. Before Marie can scream, the beast charges. The beast jaws snap on empty air. Marie's herd of cattle charge the attacking beast. It lunges for Marie again, but the bulls press it back into the depths of the forest. Come through, bulls. I know, right? Just a few days later, on the 30th of June, the villagers of La Hubex discover the blood-splattered cogs and bonnet of Jeanne Boulet. The 14-year-old girl had been watching her flock of sheep when she was attacked, unfortunately without any bulls to protect her. Less than 20 kilometres away from where Marie-Jean Boulet had been stalked the days before, Jean's body was never discovered. Oh. The two attacks were frightening, but not unusual. Europe had long-waged war against the Grey Wolves, considered to be an enemy of man and worse than the lowest form of pets, for the livestock and people lost to starving packs. France held both of Europe's highest wolf population, or wild wolf population, it was about 10,000 to 15,000 at the time, estimated and one of the highest rural population densities, so attacks on humans were just part of life. But the Beast of Gevaudan was different. So a month after Jambolette disappeared, a 15-year-old girl was viciously attacked in Wheelerend, um, just a few hours' walk from Les Hubarks and La Lagonier. She survived just long enough to describe the horrible beast that attacked her. Huge, red-striped, monstrous. Yeah. Goes faster. So interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Racing stripes. So a pattern began to emerge. Lone workers, particularly women and children, disappeared. Their remains were later discovered partially devoured. In mm. many instances, the victims seemed to experience incredibly violent trauma to the head and neck. Bodies were found with throats torn out and heads gnawed off entirely, often with no other damage done to the body. What? I know. So, like, skulls were just fucking gone. And in at least one instance, a skull was found cracked open entirely like a nut. Oh, my God. You have to have extremely strong jaw strength to be able to crack a human skull because the fontanelles are grow together and shit. It's really fucking hard. (gasps) Like a nut. Oh, my God. Just like bodies missing heads. Totally chewed off. Um, And a lot of the time, like, they had throats torn out and just weren't eaten. They were just... Yeah, literally a wild animal attacked the throat and fucking bailed. But there was no one that saw it happen or anything. It's not like it was scared off. They were just fucking killed. So the frequency of the attack sounds incredible. In a period of three years, up to 300 attacks occurred in the region of about 80 to 90 kilometres, so a fucking tiny wow. area. 98 of them were partially devoured. 113 people were killed, according to a 1987 study. But other studies conclude that it may have been two to 300 victims, like, killed. Wow. Yeah. Massive. Um, so descriptions from those lucky enough to have survived the attacks were horrific. It was a huge creature, big as a bull, with a large, flat, dog-like head, small straight ears, a wide chest, a very large mouth, sporting massive canines. It was reddish in colour, with a streak of black along its spine, a weirdly thin, tasseled tail. It could carry off human adults with ease and leap nine metres. The print of its paw was 16 centimetres long. Ooh. Most frightening of all, the beast seemed to completely ignore livestock in favour of humans. It didn't go for any animals. Holy shit. No one that's... reported losing any either always got follows taste. with these kinds of like legends like oh all of my livestock were dead nope it's <laughs> like your kid. no <laughs> fuck yeah it's wild um so in october of 16 uh, 1764 the first year that it popped up um the first year of the reign of love it uh, two huntsmen <laughs> shot the creature at close range four times uh, apparently unhurt it just vanished into the trees 
So this apparent imperviousness to bullets and unusual proclivity for human flesh began to foster an element of hysteria among the people of France. It mutilated the faces of its victims. It was bigger and more ferocious than any known wolf. It could only be a creature well known to the people of the country, a werewolf. Oh, here we go. 100%. I was yeah, like, we go. it's a fucking, yeah. it's, it's a lichen. Yeah. <laughs> so people already like, a lot of people believed in werewolves like at this time, um, mainly peasantry, but like a lot of noble people still believed in it. A lot of them were like, it's not fashionable anymore. Like the world was slowly starting to get explained. Um, but yeah, like it was still a regular thing. And the werewolf in these towers were people that chose to become a wolf. It wasn't someone that was like bitten and became one. It was someone that like wore a skin of a wolf and then drank from the paw of a wolf print in, at midnight on a full moon and shit like that. Um, so there was like very concrete legends that people were like, yep, it's a fucking werewolf. <laughs> um, so Gévaudan itself was a place that was still shrouded in mystery and fairy tale. Uh, this is a quote from Jay Smith, who wrote this book called Monsters of Chevaldan, The Making of a Beast. I read part of it, but you can read online. I really want to read the rest. Um, so Chevaldan had a reputation of being a remote, isolated backwater where the forces of nature had not been full tamed, where forests were indeed enchanted. It seemed likely that the French, to the French that a monster would lurk in the mountains surrounding Chevaldan. So on January 12th of the next year, uh, Jacques Portefeuille, uh, a young boy guarding cattle with a group of seven other children managed to drive off the beast with homemade bayonets when it attacked an eight-year-old boy. Uh, the incident was eventually relayed to King Louis the Fifteenth, who awarded 300 livres to Potiphar and another 350 livres, which is the currency of the time. Okay, yeah. good, because I was yeah. like, pardon? <laughs> Just chicken livers. Okay, that's them. what I thought too. I was like, livers? No. Um, I have no idea, again, if I pronounce it right. I Googled it. I just it's fine. couldn't figure it out. You're doing so well. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, another 350 bits should be shared between the other children. He was so impressed with Potiphar's bravery that he ordered that the child be educated at the expense of the state. Uh, following this, Louis decreed that the French state would find and kill the beast. Meanwhile, the French peasantry continued to work the land around their homes. Uh, though the fear of the beast was strong enough to have them tending their flocks in groups, fear of starvation prevented them from doing much else. The Seven Years' War just ended. Don't know if you guys know what that is. It's ringing a bell. Was yeah. it a war that lasted like seven years? <laughs> or so? Got it in one. Uh, no, so like it was a global war. It's like one of the very early global wars um, where France lost uh, their supremacy in Europe. It was like basically the kingdom of great britain versus like the kingdom of prussia and uh france and all this sort of thing and at that time before then france was like number one in europe and Big like superpower. yeah everyone wanted to be french and all this bullshit um but then like they lost like a bunch of humiliating defeats during this war so it wasn't doing too well they weren't very happy um, their overseas empire was lost and the economy sucked. Oh, now they got a werewolf. Like, yeah, exactly. Like they, at that point, I think they had Canada and then the seven years war came along and then it was like no more Canada for them. Oh. Um, so the people of France had no choice but to continue to work their fields and livestock because otherwise starvation was imminent. Um, though the law forbade the lower class from owning guns or swords, um, an announcement was made permitting all inhabitants to arm themselves. So, yeah. yeah, the French like peasantry was just under the thumb of nobles at this point, super bad. Yeah. But they were allowed to to carry guns and to carry knives at this point if they had them, so they could try and protect themselves. Because there's a fairy in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck. that's Some pretty fucking dude in a person. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. I know. Fuck. Um, so efforts to slay the beast slowly started to actually become coordinated. 
Uh, first, Captain de Hommel was sent with his troops to Gévaudan, but he sucked. Uh, he, <laughs> he did. He used military tactics, uh, he left poison baits, uh, he even had soldiers dressed as peasant women <laughs> to try and, like, attract it, be like, woo! <laughs> Come here, fairy boy! Uh, it didn't work. Um, they had, like, 30,000 volunteers and nothing fucking worked. Um, 30,000! Yeah, people were freaking out about this fucking beast. Like, it was a massive, massive thing in France. Like, people all over the country were terrified. Um, and people in the area where it was happening were, like, constantly talking about it, basically. Um, but apparently for Duhamel, the local people failed to cooperate, and he came really frustrated with the incompetence of his guards, and he just didn't do very good. Um, he killed a bunch of wolves, but, like, none of them were proved to be the wolf. So Louis the King sent professional wolf hunting duo Jean-Charles-Marc-Antoine Vahemercy Deneval and his son, Jean-Francois. <laughs> oh my god, that first thing was one guy? That was one dude's name. I was just like, fucking Classic. hell. Jeez. And then his son, Jean-Francois. <laughs> I love saying because it's just it's, so dumb. It's a, good, it's a good name though. It's so good. Um, so they went to kill the beast, uh, where Duhamel had organised hunting parties. The Denevals uh, basically tried to hunt the creature with stealth. So two completely different types. They didn't work together at all. Mm. So for four months, the Denevals hunted without success. The attacks continued and locals quickly grew disgusted with the two famed wolf hunters who continually hid inside away from the rain and snow and sleet, which they found to be intolerable. It's so precious. It's so <laughs> precious. And like as this story goes on, it's just very interesting to see like how this all happened, why it happened, and how two very different classes felt about each other. Because like the Denevals and Duval and all that, they're like obviously nobility and upper class and the people that are getting murdered by this beast constantly are just fucking like, yeah, little dudes living in straw huts yeah. in the middle But of... also, yeah, it's like you can't have, you can't arm yourselves until yeah. until the hysteria got so bad. Like, that's fucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's suddenly like, okay, you can have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> a knife! Yeah. A knife. Uh, meanwhile, the decapitated and brutally rumbled manes of peasants continue to be found across Gévaudan. A new hunter was sent to replace the cringing Denevals, the king's own gun bearer, Francis Antoine. Um, so Antoine shot and killed a large grey wolf on the 20th of September 1765. It measured 80 centimetres tall, 1.7 metres long, and 60 kilos. Wow. That's not that fucking big. It's pretty big. It's oh, it's not a wolf, for a wolf though, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I thought it was big. I was like, wow, that sounds big. And then it was like, for reference, uh, the average wolf is anywhere between 66 to 81 centimetres tall, male and female. Um, so it wasn't even the biggest of that range. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's 1.2 to, to 2 metres long. Again, it's not the biggest of that range at 1.7. Um, and they can weigh 30 to 80 kilometers, a kilo, uh, kilograms. <laughs> so again, it's just like sort of smack bang in the middle. It's an of average there. wolf. It's an average fucking wolf. It's kind of big. I don't know how big wolves were in that particular region of France at the time, but they had the biggest wolf population. So, and probably not small. Um, but locals basically were like, oh, we've never seen one so big. And survivors verified that the scars on the creature's body were identical to the ones they'd inflicted when defending themselves. Oh. Uh, so it was stuffed and sent back to Louis in Versailles. I <laughs> oh, know. Uh, and Antoine was hailed as a hero. Uh, he stayed back in Gévaudan to hunt down the wolf's female mate and her two grown pups. Oh. Yeah, I know. Um... They did, he did manage to get the female and one of the pups. I think the other one, they said they shot it and it like ran away and they never found it again. Sequel. Son of the beast. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, but um, basically when they like examined the 
young pup, or not the young pup, but the grown pup, um, they found that it had like these dew cores that meant it might have been a hybrid with a very big kind of dog. So it was really interesting to learn about, but um, I didn't go too deep because this is very long mm-hmm. already. <laughs> Uh, so basically, um, Antoine received fame, titles, awards, and 9,000 libres. Lots of money. 9,000. I know. France is just throwing the money around, even though they didn't really seem to fucking have it, considering they just fucking lost a war. (laughs) So extra. So, you should see the fucking pictures I saw in Versailles, like, that, because that's where the king lived. Yes. Um, That's his, like, palace and shit. It's beautiful. It's fucking insane. It's so beautiful. It's so extra, and yet they shat in corners, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Had fistulas because it's fashionable. Yeah. (laughs) Was that a French king? Yeah. Same king? Uh, I'm not sure. There was a lot of loose. He was the 15th. This guy um, eventually died, and then the revolution happened not too long after. Um, Good old revolution. Yeah. So, he's the king in Outlander. Anyway, um, <laughs> less than two months later, the attacks recommenced. So, they didn't Ooh. fucking get her. Um, 30 people were killed and eaten, at least partially. So, Louis offered no further aid to the people of Chevaldon. He was just like, no, I'm done with this bullshit. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> off. Not my problem anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, a local man, who was either a hunter, a farmer, or an innkeeper. Every fucking source I checked had a different fucking thing. So, I was like, whatever, he's one of them. Um, his name was Jean Chastel. Ooh. Uh, he'd been thrown in jail for leading Antony into a bog. Apparently this was a thing that, like, the locals just... This, when I said before that they, like, sort of fucked around and were being dicks, they were. They were totally dicks to the nobility. Um, <laughs> they were like, oh, it's this way, and then walked into a fucking bog. We're like, ha uh, <laughs> Something else to fucking do, though. Like, they can't blame them. <laughs> the other thing is, like, there's these fucking nobles just wandering into town, like, oh, I'll kill you, wolf. And then just, like... <laughs> And apparently, like, the area where this happened, um, Jevaudan, is, like, a volcanic sort of region, uh, which I thought was interesting, because I didn't know France had fucking volcanoes. Apparently no. they did back in the day. Um, and a lot of the, like, houses are constructed from volcanic rock oh. in that region. Um, but yeah, so because of that, like, it's really, like, intense land. It's very mountainous, uh, there's a lot of bogs, there's a lot of very t- dense forests, so, like, the wolf apparently took advantage of this, or the beast, I should say, um, took advantage of this. It was constantly disappearing in different ways. Like, they would, it would attack, and then it would disappear, and the people that tried to go and chase it couldn't fucking get through the environment to do it. So when the nobles came along, um, the locals just fucked with them. and were like, it's this way. <laughs> <laughs> so I found that very funny. Like, it's just, that's why I want to read this book by that Jay Smith guy, because it's just... Like, actually, instead of just facts on a page, just brings to life how fucked up this stupid yeah. scenario was. Um, anyway, so Jean Chastel, thrown in prison because he fucking led Antoine into a bog. Upon his release, he took part in a hunt on the 19th of June in 1767. On the slopes of Mount Moucher, uh, Chastel shot and killed a wolf, supposedly with a self-made silver bullet. Oh, <gasps> silver. Oh, I know. Here we are. <gasps> so the beast carcass was open and it was found to contain human remains. Ooh. Yeah. Well. So it's generally accepted that the beast's terrible reign ended here. Um, the beast of Gévaudan inspired countless movies, novels, plays, horrifying artistic renderings of the attacks, which I think is super fucking interesting. They're really cool. Um, there's like, you know, the Wolfman? Yes. By, by this, uh, it was like the Wolfman movie that was sort of like 2015, I think, that was Ooh. inspired by the original story and that was inspired by a play and before that there were all these fucking like stories about it um basically a lot of werewolf lore comes from this beast amazing wow but why yes but why but why so 
wolf attacks were far from unusual. Like, they happened all the fucking time. Um, in the, I think it was the 18th century, something like 10,000 people were killed by wolves. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, the Beast of Jevaldan, uh like a thousand pers- people each year were regularly killed by wolves in this time. So the Beast of Jevaldan, at its very highest estimated estimation, killed 300 over three years. It's not that even fucking big. Like, no. 100 in a year. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not a lot of people to die in a time where everyone's fucking getting attacked and killed by wolves, apparently. And it's not wolf attack. It's all the other illnesses and all the bits and all yeah, the this and that. The missing heads, <laughs> yes. the cracked skulls. Um, so why were the people of France so terrified of, by this spate of deaths? Like, it's obviously happening everywhere else. There's stories of, like, a wolf on another part of France that killed an eight poor people over the space of a couple of days and they shot her and it was never spoken about again. It's never received this level of notoriety. Um, so 1764 was a weird time. The war had just ended, the Seven Year War, and France was disgraced. It was also the early days of journalism. Oh. Yeah, so uh, maybe like 50 years before is when like the first sort of newspapers started to pop up. Um, Louis okay. heavily censored all political news. Because he just fucking lost a war. He looked shit. It wasn't yeah. good. Of course he fucking did. Yeah, so it was forcing newspapers to basically turn to other sources for information and entertainment. Um, one guy, Francois Morenus, uh, began a section he titled Fats de Vers. It's basically his stories about everyday incidences in little villages. Aww. Like getting attacked by a fucking wolf in Jevodan. <laughs> <laughs> so it was his initial courage, coverage of the beast savage attacks that basically propelled Jevodan into celebrity status. It's what made it like... People actually give a shit. Put it on the map. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, The newsmen followed the stories of the beast reporting deaths and the plights of the peasantry. The instances where villagers managed to fend off the beast, beast attacks were super popular. Like, people really liked hearing about it. Um, And the stories began to emphasize the virtue of the peasantry. Talked all the time Mm. about how clever and smart and, like, stalwart the peasants were. Meanwhile, the failures of noblemen like Duhamel ran pretty mocking. And also, like, the uh, Denevals, who wouldn't go outside in the rain. It's too rainy. Oh. Too chilly. Can't so, do it. Exactly. And I think that's super interesting, because, like, I didn't think about this at the time. But mm. as I saw, I Googled it immediately after, because I was like, oh, it's really obviously starting to show signs of the unrest that led to the French Revolution, which was only 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's a very obvious class system. Yes. And now it's getting talked about by journalists who are from the lower class a lot of the time or at least like they're not nobility because why the fuck would they make a newspaper yeah yeah um so significant significant coverage of the events team with the particularly gruesome nature of the attacks little tidbit for you in cases of children being attacked frequently the reports read insufficient remains for burial oh so little left of them my god it's all a hole fucking wild fuck um, so all of this brought back the superstitious fears of the French peasantry. Journalists reported on a seven-year-old girl's head found in the snow, only identical by the colour of eyeballs, everything else had been eaten away. <gasps> oh my god. Fucking wild. Fucking yeah, that's <gasps> the details we want. Exactly. Um, so what creature could do this but a man turned into a beast? Because animals beast. wouldn't do that, they're not fucking smart enough, apparently, according to these people. Apparently. <laughs> The story of La Bête du Javadan is wrought with legends and inaccuracy. Uh, Jean Chastel's silver bullet was added to the tale much later. wasn't actually something that was even said in the initial reports. Um, it was something that was just added with time. Uh. And there's this whole thing. Like, I went into this fucking wild sort of rabbit hole about how, like, um, 
there was a uh, king that was attempted to be shot with a silver bullet because they thought he was a demon, and if they shot him with a silver bullet, it would be what killed him because it was, yeah, able to do it. It failed miserably. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there's this whole thing about why silver is important yes. throughout history and why it's popped up again and again because the werewolf legend is older than guns. So why would a silver bullet suddenly be what kills them when the werewolf legend has been around way longer than guns have existed? Oh my god. Yeah, I never that thought about sense. that. Oh, I that. Super interesting. Because when you think of like werewolves, you think of like that kind of like Bloodborne-esque era with like giant muskets and big hunting <laughs> rifles and it's like one pump chump kind of guns and you have to reload them for ages kind of shit oh my god that's so cool i know it's really cool fuck i love researching this bullshit um but it was yeah super super interesting um so again like the no silver bullet wasn't a thing the skin of Antoine's supposedly huge wolf decayed before it even reached versailles and louis ordered it to be destroyed um so it wasn't real uh something killed 300 people in those couple of years so theories range from hybrid wolves to hyenas to Tasmanian tigers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. stunning. Super interesting. Um, at the time, animal menageries were really fucking popular with the French nobility. Like, this just shows how ridiculously rich people were. Like, fucking over the top. We're talking about how Fidel Castro yeah. just made himself a fucking Pablo. Oh, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Escobar. Because we're talking about yeah. it before. I know. <laughs> Pablo Escobar had his own fucking zoo. People did that for like hundreds of years. It's just like, you know. I'm rich, what do I want? An animal that doesn't belong here. <laughs> yeah, because I originally, when I heard the description, I was like, oh yeah, tiger, obviously. Yeah, like is, the but... stripes and shit. <gasps> yeah. Well. It sounds exactly like the uh, artistic rendition of Diego from uh, Ice Age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may have hit the nail on the head. But, um, so yeah, it's not entirely uncommon for creatures to escape because it's fucking some dudes who've never seen a lion before trying to fucking keep a lion in a cage. Um, there are two theories that I therefore consider the most likely of all of it. The first one, Gévaudan had a fuck ton of wolves. There are a lot of wolves. There are a lot of wolves killing a lot of fucking people. It wasn't one fucking wolf. Um... The bodies of the killed wolves were probably either altered to suit the stories with cuts and dyes and bullshit like that, um, but there were still just wolves. Not one, not men, but many of them. Bigger and badder the witnesses made them out to be, the less fearful and more heroic they seemed when they didn't manage to kill them. So, yeah, I think that's probably the most likely, is that, like, it's just a fucking ton of wolves. The news made it seem like a bigger deal than it was, because it really wasn't when you look at the statistics of how many fucking people were dying from wolves anyway. But it was cool. It's cool. And also, like, France is miserable at this time. It needs something to unite against and a beast to slay. And here comes this fucking beast that's perfect for it to put down. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like how, like, the media kind of perpetrates this hyperbole around things. It's like, that's just what happens today, but it's happening way back when. It's very interesting. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, uh, looking at what's happening in Australia right now, for example, and everyone hates a certain person in our... In our government. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy. Yeah. How long before another story pops up before the vote's happening? Yeah. You know, what are we going to be distracted by? Something, I'm sure. I've got so, a theory. Oh, <laughs> I've got a wolf theory. Tell us your theory. You guys ever read The Rats by uh, James Herbert? No, but no. it's on my reading list because I, I do oh, love me some Herbert. I was even going to spoil it for you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? That's fine. Spoiler warning for anyone listening who hasn't read. Spoil it for the podcast. It's okay. The rats. Take it for us. Well, in the rats, there's some rats, pretty much bigger than most rats. Special kind of breed. 
And the fact is, they go back to an uber rat, which is a big, fat, mutated rat that just sits down and they bring it food. So I think there's a giant wolf skeleton out in France somewhere. It's a life I want to live. Yeah. yeah. The life of an be uber rat. Big old mutated thing for mm -hmm. people food. The rat queen. Exactly. And the lizard queen. <laughs> um, I like that. That's funny. I'm into it. Well, theory two, and this is one from Nat Geo. Bless them. Oh, um, here we are again. So it's a fucking lion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People knew what lions looked like at the time. They're not fucking dumb. They've seen pictures. But the pictures in paintings of lions are pretty much exclusively big old lush maned mammal mm -hmm. lions. Fully grown. Flat head. Oh. Exactly. So if you see a lion that you fucking expect to have a giant fucking mane and it has no fucking mane, what is it? I don't know what it is. I've a never beast. seen it before. I've also only ever seen a shitty 18th century picture of a lion, which doesn't even look like a lion. Yeah. You've seen those memes of like, yes. what the fucking people in the 17th century thought a cat looked like. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh. But also you said thin tasseled tail. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was is... a fucking cracked, two cases cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, we did it. Um, so yeah, the French people didn't know what a subaldult male lion or a lioness looked like. Uh, basically, flathead reddish dark strap down the back yeah what has a dark strap down the back a fucking lion does they have like almost a saddle down yes. its back of a it dark hunches. stripe mm. yep exactly which is sort of like part of its mane um it's reddish makes sense mm -hmm. uh it's got a flat head um it has a tail with a tassel it's the size of a bull also something i didn't mention but apparently it was reported to have a roaring bark freaked mm. people out the ability to jump nine meters, that's yeah. something a lion can very easily fucking do. Big feet. It's 16 centimeter paw print. Rough tongue that could scrape the flesh from a skull and leave the eyeballs behind. Oh, it's a fucking shit. lioness. Done. It's over. So, yeah, that is The Beast of Gevaldan, condensed into a very short story. I'm Wonderful. so surprised you hadn't heard that one. No, before. I haven't. I loved it. Hello, man. Yay. I love it so much. Wow. It's so much fun to research. Fuck this. And Man eaters are the best. I want to do man eaters all the time. <laughs> Dude, we have to do another one because I want to talk about Travis. Yes, oh. I really want to do this bear. But there's also like lionesses and like the lions of Savo, however you fucking say it. The two that ate all those people doing the train tracks. The big alligator. Yep, Gustav. Yes, Fuck, that's I love his name. Gustav. Big old gnar <laughs> crocodile. Mm -hmm. oh, there's so many. Wow. Have you guys seen a picture of a, a liger? Yeah. Yes. So much. Like there's They're this so one big. that's so fat. And so, like, it looks like it could be. Maybe it was a liger. I always feel sad for fat animals because I'm like, who oh, yeah. did this to you? Yeah. You're not meant to be like this. Yeah. I think I get a sudden rush of endorphins, like, it's so cute. And then I'm like, it's unhealthy and it's dying. Yeah. yeah. Jenny's beautiful grandmother had a very fat little dash hound for little sausage dogs. Mm -hmm. And um, she unfortunately passed away a while ago. She's got a new dog after a while, and she keeps saying it's too skinny. I'm like, no, the last one was a roly-poly. Stop feeding her. The most Nana thing is to have a pet that is severely overweight. <laughs> yeah. My my grandmother had a Cavalier dog, and it was, like, big when she got him because he was, like, an ex-show dog, so he's much bigger than, like, the standard Cavalier. Yeah. He was just so fucking big by the end of his <laughs> sweet, sweet, spoiled life. He was so... He just, you could have rolled him down the, the hallway. Oh, it was so it. funny. And like, just like me and Tim were walking down the street yesterday and we saw like 
a very sweet old lady walking her dog and it was like a little Jack Russell that was obviously like just so sidling from side to side because it was so fat and I was like it's the most Nana thing so oh, just, yeah and it's like they have separation issues yep. and they're really sooky and clingy and yep. they're just really fat and they're aggro to everyone else because they are big mama's boys that's it yep, Nana, exactly. Nana pets Spoiled that's hitting the nail man I'm worried that I'm going to turn a rabbit into a really fat little boy. I have to be very careful. You sure? You sure was straight. He has snack time. He has snack time. Mm -hmm. He's a uh... yeah. JD's much better than I am. He's like <laughs> giving him less pellets. I'm like, no, <laughs> he looks for more. He sounds unhappy. There's not enough. He's like, that's how they get fat. <laughs> I am a nana. I am nana. Well, thanks, team. This yeah, was well done, Hex. One of my faves episodes so far. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Lovely. I'm so, so glad gross. that I got a chance to, to gross you guys out with all that. I saved it. Didn't send anything to the group chat. Just Ugh. saved it all for this. You yep. did well. It was great. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I you. love learning about it in the flesh. Oh, I'm so excited to show you guys all the pictures afterwards. Ooh, yes, we will see those soon. <laughs> and beautiful segue to our Instagram at Weird Sisters Podcast and Twitter at Weird Sisters Cast. <laughs> we will post pictures from all of our stories today mm -hmm. uh yeah listen listen share subscribe i don't fucking know what do the kids yeah. say now like and subscribe like and subscribe <laughs> we'll see you next ep fam bye Goodbye. bye now hi guys just wanted to wish um our dear witch sister Lacey get well soon if you'd like to leave her a get well message you can find us at weird sisters cast on twitter and weird sisters podcast on instagram but don't leave her too many comments because then she will get too strong and devour laura and i like the stronger twin in the womb yeah i don't know what else to say i'm gonna have to do this again we'll retake <laughs>